48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines, Carrie Lam says there'll be word soon on the relaxation of social distancing measures. Cinemas, beauty salons and gyms brace for news of what they'll have to do to reopen. And two former chief executives launch a new coalition that they say will relaunch Hong Kong. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has appealed to people to be patient, saying the government will announce a relaxing of social distancing measures as soon as possible. Closures of leisure venues such as gyms, cinemas and bars, and a ban on public gatherings of more than four people to limit the spread of the coronavirus are due to expire on Thursday. I do feel very strongly and also echoed by many people in society that the time for some relaxation, for some lifting of the restrictions that we put on the social contacts has come. I will just appeal to you to be a little bit more patient. We will make the decision and announce it as soon as possible. Mrs Lam also responded to reports that three senior police officers had breached property rules, saying no law-breaking was acceptable to her. She also insisted the transfer of the former lands director, Thomas Chan, to the Health Bureau had nothing to do with those reports, saying his redeployment took some time. Industries forced to close by government distancing rules are keen to see what measures the administration will put in place if it allows them to reopen. As Jimmy Choi reports, that could mean beauticians and goggles, small classes in gyms and cinemas that only show hits from the past. The founding chairman of the Federation of Beauty Industry, Nelson Yip, says staff are prepared to wear goggles as well as masks if the government asks them to. He hopes centres can reopen soon. Choi Hin Wai, the vice chairman of the Hong Kong Theatres Association, says reopening cinemas now won't help the industry much as May is a low season for movie releases. What's more, with big studio releases grinding to a halt due to the global pandemic, he says cinemas may have to resort to showing old favourites. As for the fitness industry, Ray Orr, who leads an alliance of gym owners, says the government will be passing a death sentence for the industry if it limits the size of classes. He says big recessions are needed to cover the costs of running fitness businesses. Two former chief executives, Si Wai Leung and Tung Chi Wa, have officially launched a new alliance, which they say will work to uphold one country, two systems, restore social stability and relaunch Hong Kong. Tycoons Li Keqing and Li Xiaokei are also among the 1,500 members of the group, which is called the Hong Kong Coalition. Its secretary-general will be Tam Yu Chung, Hong Kong's delegate to the nation's top legislative body. Its first activity will be handing out 10 million face masks across the territory this weekend. The convener of the pro-democracy camp, Tanya Chan, says she's puzzled as to why the chief executive was able to read out the new outside legal advice sought by LegCo to ease the deadlock in the House committee. The Civic Party lawmaker said the document was confidential and should only have been passed between legislators. She accused Mrs Lam of trying to complete a piece of homework for Beijing in the form of a national anthem law, which can't proceed unless the deadlock is broken. She said the pro-establishment camp was putting the advice from two senior councils ahead of the views of LegCo's legal team, and her camp is trying to raise a quarter of a million dollars to consult lawyers before the committee meets on Friday. Since we have doubt, so it is essential for us to seek an independent opinion to allow the public as well as other legislators and the chief executive to have a different perspective and hopefully to make up their mind and how we should proceed. 
Earlier, Mrs. Lemmer described as a coincidence the fact that LegCo's new external legal advice matches the view of the government. She says the administration will wait a few more days for the House Committee to break the deadlock. The committee hasn't been able to elect a chair since the LegCo year started in October. The new legal advice would allow last year's chair, Starry Lee, to take over its running from its presiding member, Dennis Kwok. Four people have been charged with rioting at the Chinese University in November when anti-government protesters battled with police at a footbridge leading to the campus. The four are due to appear and shut in court on Thursday. Police say they're among five people aged between 18 and 24 who were arrested at the scene. Among them, an 18-year-old is also charged with masking his face and possessing an offensive weapon, while two others are accused of masking their faces during an unlawful assembly. Overseas, an online summit of almost 40 countries has pledged more than 8 billion US dollars towards developing a coronavirus vaccine. Donations will also fund research into the diagnosis and treatment of the disease. The host, the EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen, said the money would kickstart unprecedented global cooperation. Joe Carroll from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation said it was a mammoth project and discovering a vaccine was just the start. We may in fact have vaccine in a pretty short period of time, but what we need to also come to grips with is the realization that we have to build manufacturing capability in order to ensure that we have a supply that really makes it available to the rest of the world. It's an incredible scientific endeavor, but it's just as big a logistics distribution manufacturing endeavor. New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern is attending a coronavirus meeting of the Australian Cabinet where they're discussing restoring travel between the two countries. She said there will be no open borders with the rest of the world for a long time to come, but they were looking at whether they could work something out between them. Australia has recorded fewer than 100 deaths and in New Zealand only 20 people have died from the disease. Research by French doctors has suggested the coronavirus was in the country at the end of December, a month before the first officially recorded case. A hospital in Paris re-examined old swab samples from pneumonia patients who tested negative for the flu to see whether they actually had COVID-19. Out of 24 samples, one was positive for the disease. Dr Eve Cohen, who made the discovery, explained its significance. It tells us the virus existed in France in December. This is important because to fight a virus, you need to know its life cycle. So this case will allow us to better understand the evolution of the virus on French soil. New figures show the British government is now paying the wages of nearly a quarter of the whole country's workforce. This is part of a scheme under which the government is funding most of the salaries of workers forced to stay at home because of the pandemic. Here's the BBC's Faisal Islam. The government revealed today that it's paying the wages of nearly one in four UK jobs as a result of its pandemic jobs rescue scheme. The new numbers of furloughed workers, given taxpayer-funded leave, has gone up 2.5 million in the past week to 6.3 million, or 23% of the employed workforce. The number's expected to rise further. The Chancellor, Rishi Sunak, said tonight such spending was clearly unsustainable and said the Treasury was working on ways to wind the scheme down and ease people back to work. The US Treasury says it'll borrow a record three trillion US dollars between April and June in order to cope with the economic fallout from the coronavirus.
This huge increase in borrowing is needed to fund the government's pandemic relief programmes for individuals and businesses. Here's the BBC's Barbara Pletosha. This is an extraordinary sum, $2.999 trillion. And it's a stark demonstration of how quickly the government's financial situation has changed. Three months ago, before the virus caused widespread shutdowns, Treasury was projecting that it would be able to pay down $56 billion in debt during this quarter. There was no hint that instead it would have to borrow trillions more. The huge amount is needed to pay for programs to protect workers and businesses, and it seems the debt will continue to grow exponentially. Treasury projects that it will have to borrow another $677 billion in the next quarter. The governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has set out his plans for a phased reopening of the U.S. state worst affected by coronavirus. He outlined the order in which services in New York would be restarted after the seven-week lockdown ends on the 15th of May. Phase one, we're talking about construction, manufacturing and select retail with curbside pickup. They are the most essential with the lowest risk. Second phase, professional services, retail, administrative support, real estate. Third phase, restaurant, food services, accommodation. Fourth, arts, entertainment, recreation, education. Hundreds of people in Honduras have blocked a major highway to prevent the funerals of victims of COVID-19 from taking place in their communities. Some 300 people erected barriers using rocks and burning tyres. This woman explained why she was protesting. We don't want the president to send people to be buried in this cemetery because they're infected. And here we have lots of families. We don't want to get infected just because of him. The World Health Organization has urged people not to put their faith in local untested remedies for the coronavirus. The advice comes at a time when at least four African heads of state have said they're importing large quantities of a herbal tonic, which the president of Madagascar says can cure the virus. The WHO's emergencies director is Michael Ryan. Traditional medicine has a value, has a value both clinically and socially and culturally. But what we do want to make sure is that any of those products that have active pharmaceutical ingredients in them are tested in the same way as normal drugs. Kenyan and British scientists have discovered a microbe they say has enormous potential to control malaria, which kills more than 400,000 people a year, mainly infants. They found 5% of mosquitoes on the shores of Lake Victoria in Kenya have a malaria-blocking bug called Microsporidia. Not a single mosquito carrying the bug was found to be harbouring the malaria parasite. Jeremy Harum is the lead researcher of the study. It's a major discovery and this microbe is probably already having some effects in the wild, but obviously it's not doing enough. What we really want to do with this discovery is try and find a way to increase the number of mosquitoes that are infected so that we can potentially block the cycle of malaria transmission. Finance a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 23,773. That's 150 points up on the previous close. Currency is the US dollar trading at 106.63 yen. The euro is at 1 US dollar 9 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. Sport now, here's Atom Jung. The German Football League's plan to restart its season this month has raised a few eyebrows following results from its latest coronavirus tests. The DFL confirmed that of the 1,700 tests undertaken in its top two divisions, 10 returned positive. 
Clubs have been training in groups with the test taken before a planned return to full team training. The BBC's Rob Schofield has details. These tests were done ahead of a return to full team training, but the results won't stand in the way of the Bundesliga going full steam ahead with their plans to restart the season behind closed doors on the 16th or 23rd of May. We'll hear whether the DFB get the green light from Chancellor Angela Merkel on Wednesday. But this is a very measured statement. It talks about effective persons going into isolation with two tests a week becoming the norm. Adding more positive results may well come back, but Germany's capacity to conduct widespread testing and deal with the outcomes is why the Bundesliga has emerged as the league in Europe most likely to return to playing first. Cologne, for example, confirmed they've had no further infections after three people at the club tested positive last week. Meanwhile, the Ivory Coast international Solomon Kalou has been suspended from training by his club Hertha Berlin after a video showed him breaking social distancing guidelines. In the video, Kalou was joking around with a teammate who was being tested for coronavirus. The doctor conducting the test was wearing only a simple face mask as protection. Cycling's Women's Tour has been cancelled for 2020 and will be rearranged for June 2021. The road race, which has been held in Britain every year since 2014, was due to take place next month, having already been postponed in March. Cycling's world governing body is expected to release a revised race calendar for this season. Britain's Lizzie Dighton is the first rider to win the Women's Tour twice. Yeah, I was really disappointed, but, you know, it's to be expected. It wasn't a surprise, and I'm just glad that they're talking about committing to put it on in 2021. There's not that much time at the end of the season to kind of pack all these races in. So I think they've made a a really good and smart decision to just cancel rather than postpone for this season. The NFL is paying tribute to Don Shula, the legendary Miami Dolphins coach who died at the age of 90. Shula guided the club to successive Super Bowl victories in the 1970s and holds the league record for most wins as a head coach with 347. He also led the Dolphins to the NFL's only perfect season in 1972. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said Shula is one of the greatest coaches and contributors in the history of American football. Former Dolphins quarterback Dan Marino said Shula embodies the definition of greatness. And as you look at sports. To end the news, the top stories once again. Carrie Lamb says there'll be news soon on the relaxation of social distancing measures. Cinemas, beauty salons and gyms brace for news of what they'll have to do to reopen. And two former chief executives launch a new coalition that they say will relaunch Hong Kong. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. 5th of May is today's date. Many thanks to Phil for the morning brew. Also, happy birthday to his cat, Zippy. Right, uh, on with today's show, we've got... um, a great segment. We're going to hear all about the Redress Design Award with Nisa Cornish. She's the executive director of Redress. I'm sure many of you have heard of this local NGO, a wonderful NGO with a mission to reduce and also transform textile waste in the fashion industry. And so we will hear more about this design award just after half past one. And uh, after, oh, by the way, you can also get involved with the award. So we'll hear more about that uh, after one thirty. And after two o'clock, uh, Andrew Dembina joins us once again for our weekly food and drink update. Mm-hmm. 